Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new Focal Point podcast with Angela Marafino and Chantel Sims. In order to continue evolving as a forward-thinking industry that accepts others as they are, we need to hear more stories from diverse individuals regarding their struggles and successes throughout their careers in technology. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Angela Marafino, and this is Focal Point. Today we have Caitlin Gallo. Hi, Caitlin. How are you? Hey, Angela. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Hey, thanks for joining today. Uh, would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about your role and what you do in cybersecurity? Yeah, of course. So I currently work at a pharmaceutical company as a senior engineer on a tools team. So what my responsibility pretty much is to kind of configure security tools, make any changes to optimize them, bring in new tools. So, you know, when we decide to purchase new tools, my team's responsible for deploying those. And then in addition to that, I handle a lot of the like third tier escalations when it comes to IT support for our security tools. And then on the side, I do a little bit of cybersecurity blogging. So I have a blog called Dark Rose Security where you know, I write a lot of articles about my journey in cybersecurity as well as some technical articles too. So I like doing that kind of in my free time, if you will. I like I like how you said I do a little bit of blogging. I feel like every day you post something. I mean, it's probably <laughs> not every day, but I feel I feel like you're the busiest person in my feed sometimes. And I'm like, yes. Yes. What is she doing? Honestly, now? like it sometimes it feels like I do it every day, but really like I'll wake up some days and I'm just like, no, nah, I don't feel like working on anything. So I'll go like a few weeks without writing anything. And then all of a sudden I have like five different article ideas and I'm like, oh my God, I have to write. <laughs> I have to publish this stuff. So I get what you mean. <laughs> That's so awesome. So like, what was your, what was your background? Did you write like anything before this or did you all of a sudden you're like, I love this industry and what I do. And now I just want to write about it. Honestly. Yeah. that That's what it was. Like, I think I started it back in October of 2020. So you can't even say it was a pandemic thing because we were like six, eight months into the pandemic at that point. Right. But I think I was just kind of getting bored with like my day-to-day job. I was a security analyst at the time. I had just started a master's degree program. So you'd think I would be busy, but apparently I had time to start a blog because one day I just woke up and I was like, I want to write. I want to do something more with my knowledge. So um, yeah, it just, I it might sound cliche, but I think I just wanted to start something new and see how it went. Like I've always liked writing. I've always been good at writing. So I was like, why don't I write about security? <laughs> so I hear the blog you. was born. <laughs> I hear you. That's kind of how this started. I was just like, one day I was like, I think I want to do a podcast. How do I do there that? And just started doing it. <laughs> so a lot of people I talk to now have backgrounds that like weren't necessarily aimed at having a cybersecurity or tech career. You did. 
Yeah. What was your um, What was your background, and what did you think you were going to do with like your degrees? So it's funny because when I graduated high school, I literally had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Like I think a lot of people, but you have like the typical people that are like, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a cop. I was like, yeah, I have no idea. And, you know, junior and senior year, you have guidance counselors that are like, so what do you want to do? What are you going to major in? And everyone was pushing me towards like finance and accounting because I've my grades in math were excellent. Like I always was good in math. I was usually a year ahead of everyone. You know, I took pre-calc, AP stats, all that fun stuff. So everyone was like, do accounting or finance. And I was like, okay, sure. So my freshman year, I majored in finance. And I mean, your freshman year, you don't get into like your degree classes. I was still doing like gen ed stuff, but I ended up transferring back home after my freshman year and I got a job at a local manufacturing company. I was just a customer service rep, but I ended up getting kind of in the weeds with our CRM tool and the single IT guy at the company, because it was like a hundred person, like family owned company. So there was one IT guy that did everything. And he, I guess, was like working in CRM one day and he saw some of the stuff that I had been doing. I was just like creating reports and some like fields in CRM. It wasn't anything crazy, but he was like, have you ever thought about going into IT? And I was like, no, (laughs) (laughs) I like never crossed my mind. And he was like, you should consider it. Like, you know, I've seen the work that you've done in CRM and I think you have like a good mindset. You have like what it takes to be in tech. And I was like, okay, cool. So a month later, I changed my major to information systems. And that is how I got into tech. (laughs) It is kind of like, literally, I never would have thought I would be in tech. Like I, I think back to my high school self. And like, if I had told her, I was going to be working in security. She'd be like, what is that? (laughs) So yeah, it's definitely, I think a unique journey. Like uh, if it wasn't for that one person saying like, you should go into it, I would not be here, which is crazy. That's no, it's amazing. We should, there needs to be more people like that guy. There definitely does. Like I say it all the time. Like we need people that are like pushing people into tech, like you know, even if they have a degree in something and you see that they might be good in tech, you should just say like, you should go pursue tech, try it out, see how you like it. Cause we need more people. <laughs> I know. I, I talk about that frequently with random people about when I, I, I think we're about the same age. So again, right. When you're in high school, you start to get to the end of your high school <laughs> years and they're like, what do you want to do? And you're like, I don't know. Or, you know, so like my sister wanted to be a teacher she was a teacher. She did that. That's like, that's what she was going to do. And I was always like, I had no idea. Literally me. Same they're, thing. They're like, you should, you're good at art. You should do that. I'm like, Are you sure? <laughs> I feel like there should have been. And I mean, you know, we took the SAT and like it did exams and I like excelled or whatever. Right. I was also good in math. Yeah. But nobody had like a career plan. Like you may be good at these roles based on your interests or capabilities. I feel like I feel like there should have been some type of like, I don't know, <laughs> assessment that could have been more informative and yeah, um, help me make a better decision. What Like I had tons of fun, but also it's not really sustainable. Right. So uh, I guess I'm not a, you know, Salvador Dali or anything. So <laughs> <laughs> 
it wasn't sustainable for me. Some people it's great, but yeah, so that it's, it's cool that like you figured it out while you were still in college the first time. Right. So yeah, that's awesome. And then what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you think, do you think it was easier for you because you did have like the college experience in tech versus some of the people you may meet who may like, I don't know, be self-taught Honestly, uh, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Share them. So I'll try not to go off on a rant, (laughs) but I came out of college with a four-year degree in information systems. And I can tell you, I have used probably none of that knowledge. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I I don't want to say none of it because I do. I did learn a little bit about databases, like the basics and like SQL, things like that. But I think the problem is it's really hard to put things into context. Like you learn something in school and I remember doing hands-on stuff with like SQL databases and things like that. But like, I, I don't, I've never been in database management or anything. So I never really got to tie that into a job somehow. Okay. But I've seen how that is with other things I do. Like, you know, I might've read about the different parts of a computer. And then when I started getting into IT and having to like troubleshoot things on a computer, I was like, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) So I honestly think there's still a gap like in the college curriculum. I think overall, I I know there's probably some degree programs that are really good at preparing students for the real world in IT. But I think in general, we need to do better at preparing students for a job in like corporate tech Mm. a lot of the times I think we focus so much on like this is what a database is and this Mm. is what SQL is and here's the network but we don't really tie that into like what corporate IT is like we don't teach what active directory is and like the fundamental networking skills you might need to know like I didn't know PowerShell or like what a command prompt was and I feel like that's so basic in any IT role like you know, you should know how to ping an IP or like do a trace route. Like those are such fundamental skills that would be valuable for any role, pretty much. Like I'm a security engineer and I ping stuff every day. Just, you know, it's just one of those things that we do. And for me not to know what that was coming out of college, it's kind of like mind blowing. (laughs) So I definitely think there's, there's downfalls to tech degree programs, but like I said, I'm sure there are some out there that aren't that bad <laughs> I hope there are <laughs> I, right um, no I, way I to really test this I don't I don't know um I hope there are and I hope it's getting better but that is a good point right like we do now also though like we focus on the hands-on also but what about like prepping for leadership service so like CISO level I mean I guess right you do need to do the hands-on I guess to like learn what everything is and then understand like what's needed as a CISO but at least having some course on right like upper level security management roles and what that may might look like if you're interested in it yeah that would be that would be awesome and even like you know just having intro courses on like this is how corporate IT and security is set up like you're gonna have a CISO org with probably like a risk management office. And then you have like the CIO and like, you know, everything that falls under that. Cause I think it's important to learn about how things are structured. Like you, we just dump students into a corporate environment and they're like, Whoa, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> like, the- I work for a company with 26,000 people. And I just think 
if I had worked at this company right out of college, I would have been like, whoa, like yeah, there yeah. is a lot of departments here, a lot of people. And even now I struggle to understand like, oh, application team, like commercial, clinical, like, I mean, it depends on the industry, right? But like most big companies have different like lines of business. So like, I think that's important to teach too, just because like my first role was in another healthcare company that had three lines of business. And it took me like two months to understand what that meant. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, was clueless. Yeah. I think like <laughs> discussions around what it might look like to work in cybersecurity for a startup versus a major company versus medium size and what some of the things you might have to take on as like in a startup. Cause I've heard so many people be like, I want to go work for a startup. And I'm like, you sure? Yeah, right. Like, do they have benefits? <laughs> have you thought this through? You know, and like some do, some don't. I don't know, but I think they just, you know, it, it sounds, it's like pen testing, right? Pen testing sounds cool. Startup sounds cool. I'm sure it's fun and great working at a startup too. But I think a lot of people fresh out of like just learning the information, it's just like, I want to do, it sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's funny because my, one of my friends is looking for a job right now, not in tech, but she was like, yeah, like I got this offer from a startup and it has like 15 employees. I was like, Ooh. you're going to, you're going to do like 10 jobs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, that's awesome. If that's your thing, like, right. There's definitely it, like but... downsides, but yeah, I totally get it. Like some people are just like, Ooh, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just like know what you're getting into. And, and if nobody's told you and the same thing, right. Is like a lot of people aren't aware that there's like governance risk and compliance that goes into it too. Yeah. You may not even never have to like use PowerShell or or Bash or or like anything <laughs> SQL nothing if you're on that side right and so it's like if those aren't your strengths there's still opportunity for you yeah we definitely need to do better I think at like portraying the options too like even when I was an undergrad in my info systems degree program I think I had two security classes and one of them was focused on project management. And it like it was like, you know, managing a project in terms of like security of whatever was being rolled out. Yeah. So I'm like, I get that. But there should be more to like expose people to that, yep. those different functions in the field, like you said, risk and governance, because there's so much more to like the tech part of it. Right. Right. You recently earned uh, your CISSP. Yes, I did. So congrats. Thank you. <laughs> how how was that? How was studying and preparing and all the things for that? Well, so what's funny is I actually took the test back in 2019. So it was a little bit ago at this point. <laughs> was it the was but, it the time working in the industry thing that you had to Yeah, so okay. you need you need a uh, five years experience requirement or equivalent. So I think my bachelor's counted as one year and then I needed okay. four more years. So I had to wait, but I finally got the certification back in September. So that was exciting. Like I, I thought the excitement would be passed because like <laughs> I passed the test two years ago, yeah. but I've been an associate, which is like, I mean, that's cool and everything, but it's nice to be able to say like, yeah, I'm a CISSP. <laughs> <laughs> that's so. awesome. And it's great to hear because I know some people, like everybody has their own opinions about certifications and what they mean and why people get them and whatever and whatever. And I know a lot of people just have a lot of certifications, but not necessarily the experience in the field. And you've done so much hands-on. So it's so cool. Like 
what are you going to do next? Like, do you like, are you going to stay down the path of the role that you're in or do you plan on some type of more managerial role in the future? Honestly, I'm pursuing my master's right now. So I'm graduating in May with that. Um, So I haven't really been looking at any hardcore certs as of late, just because I want to focus on my master's. I have been looking at the Miter Attack Defender course. I have a few of those badges, so I just have to finish out the certification because I, I recently got like an interest in that. So I was yeah. like, I'm going to do the certification just as a way to like learn and have that cert because I thought it was cool. Right. So I was just like, that was kind of something I was doing on the side, nothing crazy. But I'm thinking I have a few ideas for what's next. I'm looking at the CCSP, the, the cloud security cert by mm-hmm. isc squared that's typically the next step once people get like cisp they'll be like oh yeah i'm gonna get my ccsp because okay from what people are saying it's a little easier but i think it's also a little more technical okay it focuses more on like the technical aspects of securing the cloud yeah. from what i've heard i okay. haven't really looked into that much yet but so i'm considering that and then i'm also looking at the cism which would obviously be more like managerial and then kind of a crazy next step that's possible is I've been thinking about getting a certificate in journalism because Ooh. I had this crazy thought that like, you know, there's people behind all those security blogs out there, like vendor blogs and things like that. Yes. And I really enjoy writing. So I'm thinking maybe taking my career in like the more writing direction with possibly like writing threat intelligence like if I worked for like a Mandian or recorded future or something like that yeah I guess we'll just see where what happens I I definitely I definitely think I want to pursue some more certifications but I think journalism just learning a a little bit more about it and having like some sort of accreditation that I'm a good writer and know what journalism is might help me if I choose to kind of take my career in that direction you're gonna be the next Kim Zetter Right. I, I'm, I'm like, maybe I could be the next Krebs. I mean, I, Krebs, if you're listening, I'm not coming for you, but hey. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, I think about that, too. I'm like, what a cool job that must be, right? A lot of hard work, but also cool. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm ready to leave tech behind because I know if I choose yeah. to do something like that, it's like bye bye tech. And then I feel maybe. like once you leave the technical stuff behind, it's hard to get back into it. So that's one of the reasons why I'm still on the fence, but. I don't know. You, know. you seem pretty passionate about both. You could always just like do the tech in your free time instead of the journalism and yeah, still right? do both. <laughs> like which one? You mentioned the MITRE tech stuff you're working on and have been interested in. I saw a post that you posted about having failed one piece of it three times before you passed. And I think that's awesome because I've I've talked to a few people who have said like, we don't talk about our failures. You just see when somebody passes. And so like, you know, all over the internet, you see people, I passed this cert and I got this degree and I, how, but how many times do we all fail? We don't say, Hey, I failed this. Sometimes people do. And I think it's amazing. There it should be more transparency for sure about like, it's okay. Like <laughs> nobody's yeah. going to pass everything every time. Some people do, but failure is a part of life and it's okay and keep trying yeah exactly and like that's one of the reasons I shared that just because I 
you know, I go on LinkedIn now and you see everyone like posting that they got a new job or Mm -hmm. they passed this cert. And I think it's great. Like we should be sharing those accomplishments, especially like, you know, passing difficult tests like the CISSP or becoming like AWS certified. Like those are awesome achievements. Like we shouldn't be holding that back, but I agree. Like I think people don't so much share their struggles and failure. And I, you know, for someone that struggles, you see all these people sharing their accomplishments and they're like, oh, I want to do that. But like, I keep failing. And then you just like, I don't know, sometimes you end up thinking like, oh, why can't I do this? I'm, I'm doing something wrong or I'm stupid or, you know, it just starts, you, you think all these things, like, not that you're trying to bash yourself, but you see everyone else achieving their goals and you're like, why can't I do that? Yeah. So I think it's important to share those failures and I failed that test three times. Like, and I remember I would get so frustrated because I'd spend so much time. You have to earn a certain number of badges to get the certification. So this one badge that I was stuck on, it was 19 questions pulled from a pool of like, I think 30 or 40. Okay. So some of the questions I was getting, I had seen before, but it's also like open note in a way because you you can use the attack framework and you can Google, like, it's not like you can't research on your own it's realistic that's nice yeah right like you can you could do the research and you have I think you have like two hours to do the 19 questions which Mm -hmm. seems like a lot but like the questions are pretty hard like you have to use the attack framework figure out different mappings and things like that so I you know I would spend all that time and then you click submit and you wait for the results to load and I would see I failed and I'd be like oh my god like and I, I remember getting so frustrated, but I just, I kept going back to it. Cause I was like, I can't just not finish this. Not to mention it's a $300 subscription. Oh, okay. So it's like, I had put money into this and I'm like, I need to pass. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I ended up passing on the fourth try, which is nice. Yeah. Definitely exciting. I was like, whew, I'm glad I passed that. I don't know what I would have done if I failed again. <laughs> But you probably would have done it again. You're like, <laughs> I know. Next right? time. Next time. Yeah. And, and like, that's one of the other goals of my blog, too. Like, I try to, someone once said to me, like, made a comment about how they liked that I wrote like beginner content. And I was kind of like, sorry for sharing like me learning basic skills. Like, we all had to learn them at one point. Like, yeah. I look back at, some of my initial articles and it was on learning Linux. Like I had never worked on Linux. So I was doing some try hack me stuff, kind of going through the guidance challenges. And I didn't know command line interfaces that well. And I was struggling with what are considered basic like skills with Linux, but I had never done it before. So, you know, it makes sense that I was struggling and I was getting frustrated. Like it's not easy for someone that doesn't work on command line stuff all the time or right. like didn't grow up using Linux, uh, how would I be expected to know how to use that? So I remember I wrote a few articles about, you know, my frustrations. Like I, I wrote how it took me X amount of tries to figure out this challenge because I kept getting stuck and it kept put outputting an error or something like that. And I, for someone to say like, you know, I like how you write newbie content. I'm like, um, well, I would hope it's valuable to people. Like yeah. they can see that other people struggle too. We don't all know everything right off the bat. Right. So 
Yeah, and also, right, like, newbie to who, you know? Like, there's, even if it, it seems newbie to them, it's probably very advanced to people that are just starting out that don't even know what those things are or understand exactly. why they're used, right? So, you know, I think it's all valuable. Plus, it shows... I mean, not that you're like on the job hunt right now or anything, but if you were, right, they can see that you take the initiative to do self learning Mm -hmm. and you like to share it with others so that they can learn from how or why you did what you did, which is very cool. Yeah, I have really enjoyed just kind of putting, I I guess you could say I'm putting myself out there, but I really just like sharing my journey because my hope is that people will get something out of it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I also saw at the bottom of your blog somewhere like on medium i guess it says interested in contributing is that something they put or did you put that or i do have contributors to the blog so i'm not the only writer Mm -hmm. um it's a publication on medium so i can have multiple writers so i have opened it up for contributions if people want to write articles for the publication they just have to email me and i usually kind of look at some of their past articles make sure they write about like relevant content sure and then they have the ability to submit an article to the blog and I just have to approve it and then it gets published there so I do have I I have probably like between five and ten other people that have written articles which is pretty cool like I think that's been a good way to diversify the content as well because obviously I'm only one person I only have one one job in the industry like I'm pretty focused on the engineering aspect so I've had a few pen testers write some ethical hacking articles, security awareness articles from like analysts. So it's been pretty interesting to get different submissions from people that work in different areas of tech and infosec. That's fun. That's awesome. I'm glad people take you up on that. I was going to say that's a great opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Do you think like the extra work you put outside of your job has opened you up to more opportunities or like have you met people that you thought you'd never meet or how's that, yeah, how's that been for you? I So it definitely has opened up more opportunities, not in the sense of like job opportunities, but more just kind of broadening my network. I think mm-hmm. being more active on LinkedIn and other social media has just kind of opened up doors like where people come across my content and they connect with me and they're like, hey, you know, this is really cool that you're doing this. So that's been pretty awesome because like when I started the blog, I didn't really have many expectations for it. I was just, it was just kind of something I wanted to do. So it's been cool to hear like, you know, I read this article and it it was super insightful or I learned a lot from it. So that's been cool. But I think in general, writing has helped me grow professionally. It's just, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I've come to the point where like I'm always thinking of article ideas and I'll think of something and be like this is a great topic to write about for like a beginner and then obviously while I'm writing I have to do some level of research you know I don't know everything so it's allowed me to do kind of like that self-taught thing where I have to go and research read a little bit familiarize myself more with what I'm writing about. So it's helped me grow in that aspect too. But I think just in general, like it's broadened just my network and it's kind of been a way for me to put myself out there without like having to try that much. (laughs) Like sharing content on LinkedIn, I think is a great way to put yourself out there without like having to come up with these like 
amazing posts because you see people posting like these inspiring stories and like that's how they grow their network, which I think is cool. But being able to just share an article like, hey, you know, I, I recently had this experience, like, let me know if you can relate or things like that. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah, it's been it's definitely been, uh, I think, a learning experience for me too. just like figuring out what I like to write about mm-hmm. and you know, the, the articles that come easier to me, I find get more attention and people enjoy them more than like things I try too hard to write about. (laughs) So I've definitely learned to like stay in my lane when it comes to that. But I, I, I think it's worth putting in the work. Like if you find something that you're passionate about, like putting in the work to either learn more about it or become an expert in it is definitely worthwhile because you're, you're only going to get so far in like what you do in your day-to-day role, right? Like you can get, you could totally become stagnant in like an analyst role if you're not doing something outside of work to learn more about like a different topic that you might enjoy or, you know, pursue a different career path. If you're looking to go into like engineering or pen testing, like you're not going to get that level of experience in an analyst role most likely. So I think doing stuff outside of work is definitely important in order to like help your professional growth and help you get where you want to be. Yeah. So like, what else do you do outside of cybersecurity? Oh boy. How do you well, I blog. Your, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all the work, you, your work in your free time. Me too, yeah. Kind it, of, but. It's funny because one of my coworkers, uh, I think like a week ago was like, he, he saw a post about my MITRE attack badge that I had earned. And he was like, congrats but like how do you have time to do all of this (laughs) he's like on top of your blogging and work like when do you have time to take these tests and (laughs) I do have a life (laughs) contrary to what people might think yeah I outside of work I watch tv like many people do I have a few favorite shows Grey's Anatomy okay a million little things those are probably my top two right now but I have like a list of like 10 more. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I definitely watch TV. I love reading. It's cool. It's funny. I actually, one of the gifts I got for Christmas was my friends made me a personal book club. So they bought me 12 books off my Goodreads list, which Goodreads is like um, an app where you could track like books you want to read and things like that. So Mm -hmm. they went into my want to read list and they picked out 12 books. They bought them for me and it was like my own personal book club. So that's adorable. I have 12 books to read this year on top of uh, <laughs> like 10 other ones that I already have. To you read. can do it. You can do it. That's awesome. So, what a good gift. What yeah, good it was friends. it was a really good gift. And what was cool is like they wrote on the inside of each cover, like a little note for me, like this one's for January. And then they wrote like, you know, we hope you enjoy this. And, uh, nice. you know, it was they personalized it. So that was cool. I like to go to vineyards in my free time on the weekends every now and then I'll go there's a few vineyards around Connecticut that my friends and I frequent and I love going out to eat so like I will never turn down an opportunity for like a good burger some pizza right (laughs) so yeah I do I do have a life (laughs) I love eating you know people are like what do you like to do like I eat a lot yeah exactly (laughs) We, there's a place here where you have to order pizza. <laughs> they only make pre, like you pre-order, then they make them. There's no walk up. There's no delivery. Like you can't just get it today and be like, I'm hungry for pizza. <laughs> I, I finally ordered one 
and I will be getting it at the end of April. What? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how far out. That's how far out it is. That is it's insane. Like you can order a pizza for months from now, and it's great because it's pizza. So you're always like, "Yeah, I'll want some pizza." Yeah, you, at you any can never time. turn that down. <laughs> <laughs> like anything else, you're like, "How do you even know like what you're gonna be doing?" That's insane. So I'm gonna forget, and then I'll remember because there's like reminders. And then I'm going to be like, yes, it's pizza day. Uh, <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's a whole thing here, which seems kind of ridiculous. Like, I'm sure there's just as good pizza that you don't have to wait months for, but it's a fun thing to try. Yeah, well, I mean, I live near New Haven, Connecticut, which is like the pizza capital of North America. Is it? <laughs> yeah, you okay. haven't heard. No. <laughs> there's, so... Uh, <laughs> I think Barstool's Sports, they covered New Haven pizza at one point. So if you ever are interested, okay. they have like, they did reviews on, there's a few different pizza places in New Haven, Connecticut, and they're pretty much like the best pizza places in the country. So what? Okay. I live like, you know, within a, like an hour of there. So awesome. <laughs> no big deal. Okay. But yeah. Pizza. New Haven pizza is like where it's at. All right. What I've heard. <laughs> okay, I'll have to check that out one day. How do you manage your work-life balance? So yeah, you do a lot. I feel as though, right, productive people are more productive and they just do more things because I don't know, it just like happens that way. But how do you how do you manage that personally? Yeah, so this is an interesting one, right? Like I think everyone has their own ways that they manage their work-life balance, but I have found a few things that work well for me. For one, like when I first started in IT, I was in a systems engineering role and I was kind of a newbie. So I got tacked on with like the on-call stuff, which mm-hmm. I think we all go through that phase where we have to be on call. <laughs> one of the things that I found was that I was working a lot of hours because I was trying to log off at the end of the day with like everything done. Mm-hmm. Like I, I worked in customer service before I got into IT And I would leave every day with like an empty CRM dashboard and it would be all clean. And then the next day I would come in and have more work to do. But I would leave the at the end of the day with everything done. So when I got into IT, I expected the same thing. And I quickly realized that does not happen. There's (laughs) always work and the tickets are never ending. You know, projects are never ending. Priorities shift every day. So once I came to terms with that, I was able to find ways to shut my mind off at night. Cause that okay. was what was kind of getting in the way of my work-life balance. I would log off and still be thinking of work and yeah. I'd be trying to like watch TV at night and be like, Oh my God, I forgot to do this. Yeah. So one of the things I've found helps me is before the end of the day, I take like 10 minutes to just wrap things up where I'll look at like emails that I've opened and didn't respond to or no, I need to do something with, I'll mark them on red. That's my way of like filing it away for the day. And then I, I'm the type of person that writes to-do lists down. So if I have things on my to-do list that I didn't finish, I'll move them to the next day as a way to like mentally close that out. Right. So I think it's kind of like a game I play with myself (laughs) where like, I make myself think I finished everything for the day, but really I just moved it to tomorrow. But it's helped me like shut my mind off when I log sure. off work, right? Because at least I know like, okay, I marked this on red. I'll get to it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Whereas like 
you know, I, I worry about something at 8 PM and I'm like, did I respond to that email? I think I opened it and I didn't do anything with it. Like, I'm going to forget about it. So I think it's important to find little things like that, that help you shut work off for the day. Right. But outside of that, I think it's just really important to do something for yourself every day. I think a lot of times people wait for the weekend to -hmm. do things that they want to do. And I mean, we work eight hours a day, but there's still so much time left to do something that we enjoy. So I pretty much take time out of my day every day to either read or work out. Like I have a lot of things I like to do during the day. So I find time to do that. Even if, you know, there's days where I have a ton of meetings and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be able to go to the gym or like, I'm going to have to work late, but I, I fit it in somehow. Cause I think it's important to not sacrifice things that I want to do or things I enjoy doing just because like I had a super busy day or my, my day is jam packed. So I know it could be hard, like people that have families and kids, a lot of different commitments, but there's always time. Like, you know, you can shift things around, adjust like your work schedule. It's so easy nowadays in the work from home lifestyle. Yeah. I was going to say, are you remote? Make a flexible <laughs> schedule. Like I know not everyone works remote still, yeah. but I, I think companies are a lot more understanding now of like people's lives outside of work. Yeah. So it's a great time to find that extra time for yourself. Could do yoga or read in the morning, like enjoy your coffee. Like right. I think that's so important. Yeah. That's pretty much what I do to maintain it all. And Really, in terms of productivity, I think it just comes down to being consistent. Sure. I saw this like graphic the other day from an Instagram account that I follow. And one side of it was your level of productivity when you rely on motivation. And the it was like a, a line chart. So the, the okay. line was like up and down, up and down. Because when you rely on motivation, you like have bursts of productivity and then you go to nothing. Yeah. Because you're not motivated to do anything. The right side of the chart was when you rely on consistency and it looked like stairs because when you are consistent with something, you get a little bit done every day. And so I like to think of myself as being more consistent. Like I know it can be hard to be consistent, but I think that pays off better than relying on your motivation um, when it comes to being productive. So that makes sense. If, that's cool. if you're someone that's struggling with productivity, then focus on being more consistent with your efforts rather than waiting to be motivated. I think that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are always asking me, like, how do you do it all? Like, how do you find the time? How do you find, you know, the inspiration? And I'm like, I don't, I'm just I, I'm used to it at this point. And it's not like I don't enjoy it. I like writing, so I don't mind it. It's not like I'm forcing myself to do it. Mm-hmm. But when you do something consistently for a while, it just kind of becomes part of your routine. Yeah. And you're, you know, right. You're still doing your master. So you're also right. Like in school. Yeah. Like I'm sorry. Is it virtual or in person? I don't know. It, yeah. It's virtual. Okay. And so that's virtual and it's like, it's a lot. And I remember when I went, so I did a cybersecurity boot camp. And because neither of my previous degrees were related, um, <laughs> but I was like, I can't get another bachelor's. Like, I just can't put myself through that. But the intensity of the boot camp, right? It was like cyber all day, every day, um, yep. for so many months and extra hours at night and on weekends. But then, like, once it ended, you feel kind of like, well, I really loved the, <laughs> I don't know, like the pattern of like 
okay, I got to do this. I work, yeah. I eat, I do the schoolwork, I study, you know, and like, no, I didn't have as much time for like hanging out with people, but the structure was there and it felt good. And then once you're done, you're like, what do I do in this space? Yeah. <laughs> or like, now, like, now what? <laughs> where's the Where's the push that like, I didn't have to push myself because I had to go to class. So it's like, yeah, you're, you know, forced to tune in from however, whatever time to nine. And then so you make, you make time to do things. Otherwise you will never, never do anything. So yeah, it's kind of cool how like the more productive you are, better it feels, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, I personally feel more, I guess, fulfilled when I have so much going on. Like, yeah. I don't know, not that I need to be kept busy. Like I right. definitely like my downtime, but there's something so like satisfying about having like a structure and like, oh, I need to get this done. And then when you get it done, you're like, oh, that's great. Like yeah. I finished it. So I totally get it. Yeah. I think we all feel good about accomplishing things, right? Just like what and how is the, is the real question. I know, I know you talked about like that guy that worked with you before you got into all of this and, and suggested you work in IT. That's awesome. And that's how you got your start. But what is the best advice that you've received about like in cybersecurity? I think the the thing that comes to mind is one of my previous managers once said to me to invest in myself and it was the to provide a little context I was studying for the CISSP and I had already bought the textbook I had bought some Udemy courses Udemy practice tests and like I was still in the beginning of my career I wasn't making a ton of money you know I had to pay rent I had bills <laughs> So I was a little worried about how much I was spending. Sure. I knew I had to, you know, buy study materials. So one day I was talking to my manager about how I was worried. Like I wanted to buy this. I forget. I think it was Kaplan Learning. They had mm-hmm. a CISSP package. I don't remember how much it was, but I was. it was enough that I was stressed over yeah. spending the money. Yeah. But I had heard it was a good tool to use for studying And so I was telling him like, you know, I have to, I have to buy this, but like, I'm really stressed out. And he told me like, I was kind of expecting him to sympathize or be like, oh, maybe try like this, you know, free tool. I don't know. I don't know what I, I didn't expect him to tell me to invest myself, but that's what he said. He said, you know, this is going to pay off in the long run. If, if spending this money now is going to help you get this certification, you're going to reap the benefit of it. So that kind of just stuck with me. And it like it stuck to me with, to the point where I heard that advice when I was purchasing the MITRE ATT&CK subscription last year for $300. <laughs> yeah. And then again, when I first started on Try Hack Me, I think they have a free version, but you have to connect to like the VPN okay. and it, the paid version gives you cl- in the cloud, in browser cloud VMs. Okay. So, I mean, that was more of just convenience, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again, like I heard like, uh, just invest in yourself. Like if you want to learn this stuff, invest in yourself. So mm-hmm. that has stuck with me. Cause I think it's, it goes more than just money. Like obviously not everyone will be able to afford like, you know, a couple hundred dollar courses. I, I was lucky that I was able to, but I think it, it's also applicable when you're in a role and you want to attend like some sort of training or something and it costs like a thousand dollars, invest in yourself by talking to your managers, mm-hmm. sell them on like why you should be able to attend the conference or right. the training 
for the course, that's another way that you can invest in yourself. So that's just something that's stuck with me. And I think it's a valuable piece of advice for us cybersecurity folks, because there's so much training out there, but a lot of them are expensive and that could be a deterrent. So I think it's important to keep in mind that if it's something that's got great reviews or people are recommending it, it's probably worthwhile in the end. So I agree. I agree. And, you know, it's tough because, right, like some things cost way more than others. There's there's some um, training out there that's like pay as you go. I've done that. It's awesome. Really? Yeah. Or not pay as you go. Sorry. Pay what you can. Because obviously, right, like people starting out aren't making six figures. <laughs> like Exactly. I'm trying to learn this. But also I've heard people say like, I can't, I don't have any experience how I get a job. And I'll say, sit for, you know, security plus that's not a sans cert. Mm -hmm. You you don't have to pay thousands of dollars and it's a good baseline. Get into security. I know, I know the fundamentals and can do, you know, the work probably if I did all the hands-on labs, it's a couple hundred bucks. You you may not be able to pay for it in like one paycheck, but if you save over a couple of weeks, you should be able to. And a lot of people are like, I don't know. I don't really have the money right now. And I'm like, you do, you definitely do find it don't go find out on the weekend and you'll have it yeah you know and it's like drastically cheaper than if you got a degree or like anything mm-hmm. else so just you know just do it so yeah definitely and also you know like you said promoting yourself and and trying to sell like why it's important to you to like your manager or whoever a lot of the training or certifications have a like thing at the bottom of their information for that training or cert that says like need to justify this to your employer (laughs) and they like tell you right they like give you the advice on why it's important or or what you could say so you don't even have to think of it yourself there's like information there there to help you right (laughs) yeah or like I don't know if if it's an email template or what but definitely opportunities to like help you uh do that so yeah that's that's great advice I totally agree with you there and again right there's there's free stuff it's just like the the payment that you're giving for that is time so yeah, exactly. If you really want to do something, spend the time to learn it. And you may not be able to, you know, go on vacation as much that year, but <laughs> if you do and you change your career, you'll get to go on a lot more vacations in the future. So, that is yeah. so true. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely invest in yourself. Anything else, Caitlin, you want to leave us with? Oh, should I have some crazy like no, inspirational you parting words? <laughs> no, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I I really enjoyed this conversation. I think it's it's important to have conversations like this. Um, just transparency, like like you said earlier. I think a lot of times, you know, people that get into security see all of these big names in the industry, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, how do I get to that point? Yeah. And I think getting there is just a matter of like getting your foot in the door somewhere, building your network having conversations like this right and kind of just learning about other people's experience like it's I I think it's super important so I enjoyed being a part of that of course yeah me too and I think we're a similar trajectory you're probably a year or two ahead of me but we're just you know just doing our thing like we're not 10 20 30 40 year you know cybersecurity career vets at this point so anybody could do anything at any time so just know like in a few short years 
you could be us <laughs> or anything <laughs> that's else. That's exactly be. right. Like <laughs> better than us. Four years, five, five years ago, I was like undergrad, had no idea what a command prompt is. So yeah. let that be your inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, it's been awesome being here. Thank you. All right. See you later. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Focal Point Podcast with Angela Marafino and Chantel Sims. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.